Hi all, I'm Olivia Ross, the Beef and Lamb Extension Manager, and I'm here this evening with P Philippa Cameron, who is well known for What's for Smoko as a rural social media influencer. And Philippa cooks for staff on the farm and shares her ideas through her Instagram page, which is going to tell us a little bit about. You may have recently heard Pip talk at the National Virtual Ladies Muster, which was held back in May. So welcome, Pip, and thanks for your time to record this podcast. No worries. Thank you. <laughs> so it's great to have you back. Well, how about you just start by sort of introducing yourself? Whereabouts in the world would we find you? Right, yeah. So obviously I'm Philippa and um, you can find me in the little town called Otamatara in the Waitaki Valley on my uh, husband's family property called Otamatara Station. Awesome. And for those who don't know where the Waitaki Valley is, that's in the central South Island region. So central Otago, isn't it? Yeah, sort of. We're on the cusp. Yeah, central Otago. We, part of our property um boundaries onto into central Otago there and yeah so on our way to the Mackenzie country we're sort of in the middle it's a great place <laughs> nice it, sound, it sounds beautiful I've got this great picture already <laughs> so tell us about a little bit on your journey you haven't always been on farm have you no not at all so um, I'm a teacher and my husband is a pilot and um, yeah up until we were married and then um a year after we were married, we were living in the city. So we um, lived between Christchurch and Melbourne for a few years. Well, big change then coming back to live in the remote New Zealand. That's the one, yeah. So um, Joe and his sister, they were always encouraged to have a career and a life off of the farm before they made any decisions about what they wanted to do in the future in regards to, to farming and the property um, that they are fifth generation um part of so yeah it was nice for us to be able to go and experience a bit of life before before making that big decision oh what an awesome story so do you want to tell us a little bit about your farm for those rural ladies that are out there wondering what kind of sort of farm you're running yeah for sure so um we're a forty thousand hectare property um predominantly merino sheep with some cattle as well um, the cattle are a Hereford and some are Hereford Angus Cross. And um, yes, what else? I can't think. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. So what's your role on the farm? So your husband's running the operation, obviously, and it's a family unit generation. What's your role on the farm? Yeah, so Joe is, is um, working alongside his, his father, who's still very much a large part of the, the operation and the property here. And um, my role on farm is the station cook. Oh, and that's where your Instagram comes from as well, isn't it? That is, that is where it comes from. And, you know, it's a job that sometimes can be a bit lonely. And so I thought of the idea of posting what um, I was making each day, knowing that there are other people out there in a similar role and that we could um, be inspired by each other and share our ideas. Definitely. But before you came back to the station, you were, you've been a cook before, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't actually think 
I'd be drawing on that experience again. So um, when uh, I was teaching, I was actually teaching in Clyde in central Otago and um, I saw an ad in the back of the Farmers Weekly and you'll laugh. Do you know in the back of the Farmers Weekly, Olivia, how there's... um, there's always an ad for live goats that <laughs> is in yellow and it's next to like working dogs and you always see it and you think, why? Who needs that many live goats? Yes. <laughs> next to that, there was an ad and it was a tiny wee ad, also highlighted in yellow and it was for being a cookie on a um, station in Western Australia on the wheat belt which um, ended up being in a wee town called Dalwollinu, which is four and a half hours north up the Great Northern um, Highway from Perth. And, um, yeah, I was starting to get a wee bit of itchy feet. I had friends that were travelling at the time, and I thought, you know, this could be my my beginning to the to the big travelling scene. So off I went. Well, and you tell us a little bit about that cooking experience because yeah. it was quite a different journey to what probably a lot of people think. You're not just in a kitchen, uh, it's just on a wee, in a restaurant as such. You were cooking for some actual farmers over there too, weren't you? Yeah, so I lived in a house on the property and shared the house with 10 men, 10 young guys who um, were there um, driving tractors, um, putting seed in the ground. And um, they were in two crews and they were the rigs they had five rigs and they just went 24 7 they kept were kept running as they were fueled and the boys would be doing 12 hour shifts and as one finished the next lot would just hop in so the day would sort of begin with me getting up and cooking the day crew their breakfast and setting them up with a lunch for the day to go out and then um, once they had left and not long after that the night shift would come in and they'd have sort of a brunch sort of their dinner and head away to bed and then obviously there was a midday meal that would sort of fit in for whenever they got up and then they would take a packed lunch or packed tea I should say out with them on the night shift and then the day shift boys would come in and have their dinner so really there were actually six meals a day for the for the three months that I was over there yeah how did you balance that? That sounds like a lot of, yeah, did you learn how to become really organized or how did you actually manage all that? Because it sounds like just hectic. It was hectic, it was, but it was actually quite fun. And um, yeah, it, it worked really well. And so just the sort of the time and the rhythm of when the, the men would leave and come back in, you sort of get a bit of baking done in between. And the night shift boys, they would just be... Um, out to it for most of the day so you'd get a bit done then as well so got into a bit of a rhythm and um, had a menu that we sort of stuck to for the each week and um, yeah and after that we sort of found that I could join in with the community a little bit so I started playing hockey over there and um, sort of immersed myself in the community and loved it. Awesome and then what made you come back to New Zealand? Oh, so after that, actually, it was my principal got in touch with me. and He's like, hey, we've got a job. Do you want to come back? And by that stage, I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'd like a regular pay packet. Back to the teaching salary would be nice. <laughs> oh, awesome, which is something everybody will envy now with not well, being able to go very far. Oh, that's it, yeah, yeah. Right. And I do feel a little bit sad for those people that the opportunity of perhaps going to do something like that in Australia because there are so many great cooking jobs over there on rural big stations and things and at the moment um, the accessibility is, is quite hard. 
Yeah, no, definitely. Let's hope that trans-Tasman comes back. But there's yeah. definitely a lot in our own backyards that we can do too. Definitely. Especially <laughs> even in your area. <laughs> so now we're back on farm and your role is now the uh, with the, the chef, the cook at the, the cook. station. So um, you've got family as well, Pip, don't you? Yeah, so I've got um, two little girls. Flora, our eldest, is just turned five, and Evelyn is three and a half. So we moved home to the station when Flora was six months old, and um, yeah, and then Evelyn came along. Yes, yeah, so when Evelyn was five months old, we lost my mother-in-law, who had actually been the cook for a long time. And and going back even further than that, um, the station actually used to have a cook. And, and had some marvellous cooks over this over the years. And um, but as you know, life on farm has become more automated and um, things like that. We've have less staff now, and so um, the the need for the cook was no longer. And so it sort of just fell on the um, on the role of the wife. And when I say that the role of the cook was no longer needed, it wasn't because the role wasn't there it was it just wasn't for the large numbers any longer and traditionally the young shepherds would be fed three meals a day from the cook in the cookhouse um but you know these days also um young shepherds are able to cook for themselves quite well and so we sort of simplified the role a little bit and now we still supply um we still supply everything for them but they get their own breakfast ready um, if they are on farm, like if we're here at the, at the plant as such, then they get their own lunches. And um, then if they're out on the hill, of course, it's provided by, by me and it's something that everyone sits down to on the hill to have. So, um, yeah, so when Evelyn was five months old, we lost my mother-in-law, Mandy, and so the role fell to me. And so here I was with a five-month-old um, and just an only two-year-old and we were four weeks out from starting shearing which is a massive time here on the farm because it takes it takes nearly two months to get through to get through all of our sheep wow what and do you feed the shearers as well or just this no luckily we don't so um we have a seven stand shed and then because being fine wool, that's quite a large rousy team as well. So all out, there's about 25 of them that are here over that time. So they um, stay here on site. We've got a large shearer's quarters and they bring their own cook with them. So I'm just feeding our staff, which usually sits around seven, seven at that time of year. Yeah. And is that the same? That was sort of my next question, Pip, in regards to how many people typically during the year do you have on farm working for you that you do supply smoko to? Yeah, so at this time of year, um, we, we're on skeleton staff really at the moment. <laughs> and um, so what have we got at the moment? One, two, three, four, four possibly five at the moment. <laughs> and so for those of you listening at the moment, in case you're listening to this at a later date, we are in the middle of June, so yes. winter. <laughs> That's the one, yeah. So just all the, the, the winter jobs and um, in the busiest time, which is usually landmarking, tailing, docking, whichever part of the country you're in, <laughs> um, we, we sit around 10 at that time of year. Cool. And... 
obviously it's a variety of people when you've got 10. Mm -hmm. How do you work with those ones that maybe have food allergies or intolerance? Or does it affect how you prepare your food for the troops? Definitely it does, but I have to say we're quite lucky in that regard. We have had a few people over the years that um, we've, um, you know, catered for their dietary needs, and that's perfectly fine. Um, obviously, people in that role don't tend to be vegan or vegetarian, so that's not something that I have to cater for. But um, we've had people who are celiac or with egg intolerances, so those wee things you just you just find a way around it and innovate and it's quite interesting it's quite easy to be able to adapt the, the good old easy simple recipes because um yeah the, the, there are not a huge list of ingredients sometimes so you make I'm it work sure talented woman like you have no problem <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing is that you mentioned like a lot of those young shepherds that you've got now, they know how to cook compared to potentially the times of um, before us. Yeah. Uh, one of the questions that came up during the muster was cooking is such an important life skill. Do you feel it should be taught in schools again, being a school teacher as well? Yeah, I, I don't know where it, it's gone missing from. I know from the teacher side of things, the curriculum is full and um, it's only getting fuller. So, it's one of those things that I know children, whereas we used to go off to manual once a week and, and learn how to cook, um, I think they get in block courses. So I think the really important thing is if that's all that's um, around for them at the moment is to go and have a block course in cooking, that they then um, are supported at home to keep it up. So be it that families, you know, have it that kids cook one night of the week and little things like that so that they keep feeling inspired and using those skills that they're using um, because I, I just don't know where the schools are going to fit it back into the curriculum which is a bit of a shame. Yeah no I think I agree there's a lot of stuff that we'd love to be putting into the schools but you've got it you can't do everything can we? That's the one so I, I think what it is is that they're going to be taught a few little skills at home I'm sorry at home they're going to be taught a few little skills at school and then I think it's um, us at home that just need to make sure that we keep inspiring them and you know the odd cookbook for birthdays and um, yeah making it a, a, a quite a fun activity within the home to you know Get into the kitchen. There we go. Everyone is listening. Every school holidays, every meal can be cooked for you. Could <laughs> be a plan, really. I'd get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Good challenge. So, going through into the future, Pip, where do you see your role as the cook? Do you think it's going to grow, or do you have, like you've obviously pulled an Instagram? Do you want to share us a little bit how you're working with that, uh, and how others can? Yeah, get involved what's what's your instagram feed called and um yeah where you're going for the future right so my instagram page is called what's for smoko and it literally is that so um most days i share what it is that's going out in the smoko bag and when i say going out in the smoko bag i suppose going back to the size of the property um it's not often that smoko is, is had here at the, at the front of the farm. Um, usually it leaves in a Susie's bag, which is a fabulous um, product from Blenheim. I'm sure most people will know what a Susie's bag is. And if they don't, Google it because you need one in your life. Um, and they um, have a hot thermos 
and they usually have a couple of sweet things and then a couple of savoury items and uh, I endeavour to oh, make some of them hot if I can and um, so on my Instagram page I'll just share what I've made for the day and it's usually a very quick and simple recipe um, if it's one of my own or one that I've um, learned how to make from my mum growing up then um, then you usually find those recipes on on my um, feed but if it's a recipe that I've borrowed um, or have learned from somebody else then I just make sure that I always tag them in so that you can go and look on that person's blog or Instagram page as well and be inspired by them too just a bit of Instagram etiquette <laughs> but um <laughs> Yes, and so going forth, the one thing that I really do love about it is the amount of people who have got in touch saying, you know, it's inspired me again. But the one reason sort of behind why it all started was um, there was a young a young woman from up the Hacker Valley who had a Facebook page and just happened to write one day, you know, what are you guys cooking for your men um, for lunch? Something along those lines. And... Um, she got a bit of backlash for, you know, oh, it's not the 1950s. Can't your husband get his own lunch? And, <laughs> and I felt actually that there was a um, miscommunication somewhere that some people didn't actually realise that on farm there is a role for a station cook or a farm cook or mm. that there are households out there that are providing really great meals to show that their staff are appreciated but also to know that they're well fed and therefore well fueled so that they um, are able to work harder because like I'm saying maybe sometimes now we um, ask our shepherds to perhaps get their own breakfast or lunch it might not actually mean that they are fueling themselves really well so it's sort of a way to make sure that we know that um, these guys and girls that are predominantly quite young are looking after themselves. Yeah, and it's not checking up on them, is it? It's making sure that they're able to do the best of ability when they're working for you as well. It's all that wellness, the whole wellness circle, isn't it? It is, and it's also, a, um, yeah, like I said, it's just to show them that they're appreciated and that we know that their work is hard and it's um, something that requires a lot of energy and strength and we just want to make sure that they're um, their bodies can work for the day and do the groceries um, for the shepherds because we live um, over 100 kilometers from the nearest supermarket then um, they just send their list through to me the night before I go to town and then I just get their groceries while I'm in town along with our household as well with my father-in-law's household so I do get a lot of looks in the supermarket some days <laughs> because it's more than one trolley most times but that's also a way of us being able to provide a package for our young shepherds um, that, you know, they get the accommodation, obviously meat on farm, the groceries, their um, lunches and smokers provided. And it turns out to be a really great little package for those young ones. Oh, and I'm sure they're learning as well because you don't know what you don't know. But it sounds like you need your own little delivery truck with what's a smoker on the side of it. It could be kind of fun. <laughs> So there's been rumours, Pip, that there may be a book in the making. Yeah, are those rumours true? They are true. <laughs> they are true. I was um, really fortunate to be approached by a publishing house, a New Zealand publishing house, and who had this idea, this concept that, um, you know, tales 
tales from the kitchen on a high country station with a few recipes weaved in and then you know some little tips and tricks because we are so far from a supermarket and I know that um, we're not as isolated as there are some people in New Zealand Um, but just to be able to sort of share some ideas that if you um, need to whip up something um, is in my case, my father-in-law is, is notorious for ringing at 8.30 the night before suggesting that there needs to be a smoker to go somewhere the next day at 5.30am. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it's great to be able to have a few items in the pantry that can make a various amount of good hearty smoker. So those wee ideas have gone far on the Instagram page. But the great thing about that page also too is that then people get in touch and say, hey, have you tried this? And then it's sort of created a little community. I just make sure that I share it on or give the idea a go first and then create that recipe. So do you know how in your own handwritten recipe book in your kitchen, how you'll have something like, you know, it's Maggie's sausage rolls or Kate's chocolate cake or sort of thing. You give everything a name when you gather a recipe from somebody I always um, say whose it was and it becomes their cake or their slice in my recipe book. So I sort of do the same on the Instagram page as well, that when someone's giving me a really great recipe and I know it's going to work well, then um, then I just say it's theirs. So Kylie's gingerbread, Sarah's chocolate cake. And it, it's great because then it's sort of like a, a my own little recipe book for people I know or I have met through through the page. Oh, nice. I might have to come up with a recipe so I can get something in this book. Yeah. <laughs> Olivia's slice, I like it. <laughs> yeah. So you've just mentioned there's a few essentials in there. And as we just finish up here, mm. I thought it might be cool to be able to share with the ladies if there's some real essentials to have in your pantry for those that do live further away. But even for those that don't, who like, like, I, I don't live far away, but I like, I sort of do my groceries every six weeks. We And we live out of that pantry because it, you get more creative that way as well. Yeah. So what are those, if there was five essentials to have in your pantry, what would they be? Okay. I would say um, to have some long life cream and long life milk um, on your pantry shelf. And I would say to always have a can of um, smoked salmon because you can make a great quiche out of that. You, um, I always have asparagus in my pantry because if I ever need to take a plate somewhere, asparagus rolls are my go-to. <laughs> what else would I have in there? I have a, probably a can of reduced cream because you can make um, cheese rolls or um, actually anything with that. And I would say like a can of fruit. Mm. Make put that into a muffin. Yeah, so I'm thinking like the actual pantry shelf, not thinking the fridge or anything like that but yeah i'd have cans of fruit and it's all stuff that doesn't matter when you use it it's gonna be there that's the one and the reason why i say the um uht cream and things like that is because you can make some jolly delicious scones just with a soda stream maker um just use the soda water from that and um the cream and you can have yourself cinnamon scrolls you can have date scones you can have just any sort of sweet scone that you would butter and jam yeah that's my go-to awesome well i'm getting really hungry now so we <laughs> might start to before i start drooling on the other end of this line we might start wrapping it up so 
Thank you so much, Pip, for showing your, or telling your story and showing us a wee bit into your life. And um, for those of you that want to follow you a bit more, they can get on the What's For Smoke at Instagram. And yeah, just your final sort of um, wrap up of in regards to your role and anything else you'd like to share with the ladies. Radio. So I suppose my big message that I do like to put out there is that we need to be proud of our roles and that, yes, I had a life once um, as a teacher and at the moment with a young family, um, that's not something that I'm going to be doing in the next year or so. But that doesn't mean that my job is any less great of a role. And so I'm really proud to be the cook here. I'm really proud to support my husband's role on farm. And I'm really proud that my girls get to grow up in such an amazing environment. I think we um, then need to use this opportunity to, um, you know, to find out as much as we can about this new role. So I listen to um, podcasts about anything to do with farming. Um, I follow, you know, Sarah's Country, listen to her podcasts or the um, Farmers Weekly podcast, anything like that, just to give me a little bit of information so that if there is a conversation happening, that I can be a part of it. Um, and I think that's really important. Also, um, I know some people on the day of the muster, you know, we're just sort of chatting about, you know, that mum guilt of, you know, you can be really busy and you've got a young family at home. And so one way I try and get around that is I get up early and I try and do as much as I cook and I can before the girls get out of bed or um, the same, I do it in the evening, try and bake a few slices and things and get them into the freezer so that I can um, do as much during the day with them. And also, you know, if you need to put on um, a bit of cartoons for 20 minutes just to get your head around things, there's nothing to feel guilty about either. Oh, awesome, Pip. You are an amazing woman and we know that there's a lot of people out there who are really inspired by your Instagram and you are also a great success and um, role model for those coming out of the AgriWomen's Development Trust programs there too. So a little plug for them as well. So thank you so much for your time and thank you for everybody who does tune in to listen. Uh, out of the muster, there is also another two podcasts with the, both Kiri Harmer and the a Lady Butcher, Hannah Miller. So if you haven't seen those, uh, make sure you check them out as well. But thank you so much, Pip, and we look forward to following you on your What's For Smoke on Instagram and getting inspired to get some more creations out of the um, pantry and into the kitchen itself.